With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Boom is right. We're back again, ladies and gentlemen, with another episode of Fantasy. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. That is, of course, me, the Roto Superstar himself. And in the background, you did hear Nick Heffley, co-host of the podcast. And then we are proudly brought to you by, of course, Full Time Fantasy Network. Podcast to the extreme. We have got a full lineup of shows on Full Time Fantasy Podcast Network. If you haven't checked it out yet, definitely go on there and check out all the shows that are available to you, as well as our show here. Of course, I want to throw out a quick, quick sponsor sponsor shout out to FanDuel as well. We'll probably shout them out again before the end of the evening. But FanDuel, of course, go and check out. All your daily fantasy sports needs from FanDuel, promo code WooFantasy, get you going there, get you some extra cash, new user account, get you some free money, definitely shoot them up. But Nick Heffley, how are we doing tonight, sir? You know, man, I'm doing pretty good outside of having to, you know what, I'm going to tell the listeners now, (laughs) don't. Don't ever buy anything from Sears. Sears is probably closed down in your hometown, but guess what? In Atlanta, Georgia, they have one location. We bought a washer and dryer from them, and they had screwed everything up from the very beginning. So guess what? If you think you're going to get a deal from Sears, you're going to get a deal, but you're going to get a raw deal. That's right. (laughs) You're going to get the raw end of the deal at Sears. That's going to be the new tagline. We're going to build a slogan for Sears. Sears. Where you get the raw end of the deal. <laughs> so Maybe there'll be a sponsor. Yeah, we can them sponsor with what little bit of capital they have left in their dying business. We'll give you guys five bucks. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll sponsor five dollars each and every single week if you'd like that. I'd take that. <laughs> but, <laughs> oh, man. But, yeah, we're back at it again this week. We're going to start the divisional previews this week with the AFC East. Uh, going to go over all the teams in the AFC East, cover everything nook and cranny. Feel a little woo and boo. A little woo and boo for uh, for you guys out there this week. Guys, you should be looking to draft in that division. Guys, you should steer clear of. And as I've kind of gone through a lot of the players and things through the AFC East, uh, I've kind of dubbed the AFC East as the questionable East this year. I mean, it's something we're going to dive into a little bit, a little bit more. Uh, once we get Andy Singleton also on the show, Mr. People's Pen himself from Twitter, uh, also has a show on Full Time Fantasy Podcast Network. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna jump in, but uh, yeah, the AFC East has a lot of a lot of question marks uh, when it comes to fantasy football value in this division. We'll jump on that, but uh, I kind of want to start the show off this uh, this week with. A little bit of the coverage of the Scott Fishbowl 
Uh, we've talked about it over the last couple of podcasts. It finally got kicked off last week. Uh, it was on uh, Monday, right after we did the podcast, the uh, the Sunday night before. Uh, my draft is finally complete. There is, oh, I think there's still probably somewhere in the 50s as far as the amount of drafts that are still going on. There's a lot of drafts How moving at us. overall? I, well, there's 1,200 teams in this sucker, so 120 drafts. What's wow. going on uh, for the Scott Fishbowl? And of course, you know this is every bit of it is for uh, the charitable cause, Fantasy Cares. Uh, so if you do want to contribute, and we're you know we always ask for contributions to to this charity organization. It's FantasyCares.com. Uh, well, you know, you, any kind of donation that you give goes to uh, providing toys for children's at Christmas time. So, donations, donations. Yeah, donations, donations. So definitely, you know, throw a little bit of money. Outside of the trash. Hot fish and fantasy cares, but uh, yeah, I was in the uh, I was in the Simon Belmont division. This is all video game character uh, divisions. Uh, Scott Fish Bowls drafts every single year has a uh, has a theme to it. Uh, last year was television characters and. Uh, things like that, and this year it's you know, classic video game characters. I had Simon Belmont in my division, which of course is the classic character from the game Castlevania on Nintendo back in the day. So, you know, of course, if you're under the age of, say, let's go 25, you've probably never touched a Castlevania game in your life. So, yeah, or, or if you're my age and just yeah, I was yeah, into Mario know, sports yeah, games, so I didn't really care about Castlevania. But yeah, you go right ahead. Yeah, that's true. So, uh, so what we wound up doing, I had, and it was the second year in a row that I landed the tenth spot in a fishbowl draft. Again, landed in this one. This is a super flex draft. It's twelve team te- uh, twelve team league. Uh, based your your normal half point PPR setup, but you also get an extra boost to tight end scoring. And with it being, of course, a super flex league, there's a lot of emphasis on drafting your uh, your quarterbacks early and often in these drafts because you get to plug one in in your flex position. So that's a that's a bonus there. So, uh, first round kind of unfolded like we see in most drafts that we're kind of being involved in so far to this point. Uh, kind of some things changed a little bit here and there, but what I saw was kind of par for the course. Uh, the first four picks, as always, has been the top four running backs coming off the board. And in my particular division, it went McCaffrey, Ezekiel Elliott, Saquon Barkley, Alvin Kamara. Four first four off the board. Duh. Um, yeah, duh. Uh, but then you get the great uh, increased enhancement for the tight end scoring in this in this draft. Travis Kelsey off the board at number five. Then we back into what, the one and a half point PPR. I don't know if you mentioned that yes, one and a half point for tight ends, and then it's also you get an extra half a point for first downs as well in this. So a guy that's going to be you know catching a lot of first down passes, uh, moving like Chase Kelsey, boom, busts him up. Yeah, you know, he kind of moves him up the draft board a lot. Uh, but right after Kelsey at five, you get into Melvin Gordon, which since our last podcast, there's been a lot of information coming out on Melvin Gordon, who now is flirting with the. Le'Veon Bell treatment and holding out, if he does not get a new deal, he's going to request a trade, and if the trade doesn't go through, then boo on everyone that owns Melvin Gordon in drafts right now. So 
Then we had Le'Veon Bell, followed by DeAndre Hopkins, followed by David Johnson. My pick at pick 10 in the first round was Devontae Adams, and which I did float with the notion of taking Zach Ertz at the 10th spot in round one. Had my fingers crossed that he would roll back around into round two. That did not happen. He went first pick of round two. I followed that up with Todd Gurley. My third round pick was Aaron Rodgers, jumping into that early quarterback format. Carry uh, on Johnson, James White, then back into the quarterback position with Jameis Winston in round six. Uh, any uh, any kind of any any tidbits of information? Just because I sent I sent Nick the draft board before we started recording. Uh, and you've been keeping me up a little bit. Too. Yeah, and I've been keeping you up as the draft has gone along, uh, just kind of floating some notions by you. But um, yeah, what stands out to you about this particular format and the, how this draft has kind of played out from what you're seeing? Yeah, I mean, I mean, this is you know with the with the I think the draft format is very even across the board. Um, the one difference probably from your normal home league is going to be the amount of quarterbacks that are selected as early as they're selected. The tight ends going, I mean, I think the tight ends are going, um, you know, I, I think the first three tight ends going about on par, maybe a little bit earlier than they normally would, but you got a guy like OJ Howard going at the end of round two is a little bit different. So, I mean, I, I think it's one of those things you got to pick your poison. What, what do you think it's going to be? Do I go tight end early? Do I go ahead and get that out of the way? Do I get two quarterbacks like you did a little bit earlier than other things and sacrifice at other positions? What position can I weigh on? It's it's one of those things that it you know it's it's a different draft and just like you and I've talked about. I mean, I kind of like different drafts. I mean, it gives you something a little bit to look forward to. So. Yeah, that's that's the that's the big thing about doing this fishbowl draft that I've done for the last two years now is that. It is a different wrinkle, and that is uh, that is something we like to do. You'd like to kind of enhance your profile when it comes to different types of drafts and different types of leagues that you're involved in. Uh, so I'm all for that every single year. So this one here is not to mention that's the fact that it involves a lot of the experts in the industry, brings a lot of us together, and then also kind of filters in a lot of the, the fans that are out there as well, brings, uh, brings them into the fold, lets them work alongside with other experts around the industry. And just kind of like it, it's it's just brings the community, the fantasy football community, full circle and around each other, and being able to you know have access to be able to talk to a guy like an expert, like you'd say, like a Matthew Barry, some of these bigger known commodities in the industry. You're you're able to kind of touch base with them and get a get a chance to talk to them and pick their brain a little bit easier. Uh, I mean. A draft like this and a setup like this, I mean, golly, you can't beat it. So I, I'm definitely all in for it, and it's it's going to be something we're going to get. Uh, we're going to get Mister Mister Heffley there definitely involved in this one next year as well. Uh, but the way that this sucker's folding, you know, rolling out, I mean, there's a good chance that he could probably put together a 2,000 team draft and would fill it easily. Uh, I think if you go to scottfishbowl.com and put in to uh, sign up for Scott Fishbowl 10 next year. And once you enter in, it'll show you how many teams have actually registered for next year's draft, and it is already up there. So uh, I've uh, already registered for next year. So. <laughs> get <laughs> and in the satellite is good. That's that's that, it, that's a big yeah. thing. Uh, but yeah, no, like getting in the satellite leagues is definitely a big thing too. Like he just mentioned. So if you're not doing it already, follow Scott Fish at Scott Fish 24 on Twitter. 
Uh, he puts out a lot of the information for the satellite leagues, the drafts that are fixing to start rolling out here in the next uh, next few days, if not next uh, couple weeks. So uh, definitely hop in on that and uh, get involved there. Get ready for next year. Like I said, go to scottfishbowl.com and sign up for next year's SBF 10, which is going to be a big ordeal next year. He's already got a lot of plans unfolding for next year's draft. Uh, but uh, we'll, I'll try to get the uh, the full draft board for my particular league out there post-podcast. and. Uh Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'll let you guys get on there and kind of comment and see what you think how this draft unfolded. Uh, but speaking of drafts as well, um, uh, listener leagues. We've, we've been mentioning those over the last few weeks. Uh, we're going to get a draft set up. Uh, we're just kind of working on last-minute particulars. But once we do get the uh, get the uh, listener league set up, uh, definitely going to get you guys involved. Uh, so if you've not followed Woo Fantasy on Twitter, definitely follow Woo Fantasy. Uh, that's the only you better way. not be listening to our leagues and not following us. Exactly, Come on. that's the only way you're going to get access to any of our listener leagues that we put forth. Is you have to be an active member of the Woo Fantasy podcast page on Twitter. So definitely get out there. Uh, any, uh, I've, I've mentioned some things to Nick off, offline, but I mean, I, what, do you have any ideas you want to kind of float out there on air that you, you would like to do for a kind of a new wrinkle, something different that not a lot of the people listening to the podcast are, are doing? Huh. Uh, you know, me, I'm a traditionalist. I'm all about having, having kickers, having defenses. So I'm not all about, you know. Not all about throwing out the guys. You know, maybe it's one of those things. Maybe we do, um, you know, an absolute two-quarterback league instead of just a super flex. Maybe absolutely set it as a two-quarterback league. You can throw out like a minimum yep. of some kind of position. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm open, man. Yeah. Hell, let's, let's, let's go do eight points for a rushing touchdown for a quarterback. You know, I, I'm open for throwing whatever wrinkles we can. Yeah, definitely. I mean, add, add a little some extra nuances to the game for sure. I'm all for that. Uh, nothing, n- nothing I wouldn't mind doing. I if we can set it up and do multiple listener leagues, I'm all for that as well. Uh, yeah, like we can, like you just mentioned, we can do an absolute two quarterback league. You can set up and do something a little bit different, like we, like I've mentioned, you know, doing a draft with without the kickers, without defenses, adding flexes. Hell, I'm down for throwing out a uh, hell. Let's let's do a dynasty league with some of these guys. Yeah, we could set up a dynasty league. That's true. I don't know if that will work through uh, FFWC though, uh, because they do strictly follow kind of seasonal formats and best ball formats on the FFWC. So 
if we do set up some type of a dynasty format through through the podcast, it'll probably be on my fantasy league, which I'll throw out a plug to them because they are awesome when it comes to dynasty leagues and setups. That's what we've been done using them this. since what ninety eight ninety yeah it's been ninety eight ninety nine since we've been they do a great my job. fantasy league it's been a great it's been a great uh, great website to use for fantasy football drafts and you know offline content as well uh, it hasn't really changed a whole lot over the years uh, which you know you see some newer newer leagues out there kind of throw out some implementation and change things up a little bit. But my fantasy league kind of sticks true to what they do well, and that's what brings everybody back each and every year, I think, too, is uh, my fantasy league doing a great job for the fantasy football players around the world there. Yeah. That's right. So, anyways, uh, that was kind of what I wanted to touch on real quick, kind of just to get things warmed up and ready to go before we bring on Mr. Andy Singleton himself. And to get this sucker primed and ready to talk a little bit of AFC and getting the fantasy football players ready to go, talk some AFC East. But hold on just a second, guys, and we're going to bring it right back to you here in just a second. All right, guys, and we're back here, and we have Andy Singleton on with us on the Woo Fantasy Podcast. Welcome to... Woo Nation, Andy Singleton. How are you doing tonight? <laughs> I am good. Woo. Uh, I couldn't oh, get one. Andy, Andy, you got to throw it out better than that, man. You got to give it a woo. It's like Ric Flair. Woo. woo. There, there we, we go. go. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's been a long day. Um, no, everything's good. Thanks for having me, guys. Ready? Uh, we'll talk some AFC East because I am in the Northeast yep. and unfortunately – a Jet fan, so Ooh, this is man. a vision I feel pretty familiar with, but happy to be here, excited to talk with you guys, and ready to get things going. Yeah, definitely, and, and of course, if you don't follow Andy on Twitter, Andy, if you want to throw out your uh, your Twitter, hand, Twitter handle there for everybody on the podcast. Yeah, it's People's Pen, People's with a Z. Uh, you could just search my name, Andy Singleton, and should come right up, so that's probably the best way to go about it. I got a ton of stuff going on. Uh, from rankings to articles to podcasts to videos to expand the box score website, which is uh, officially launching uh, August 1st. Uh, there's just too much going on. So just follow me on Twitter for the easiest place to get it all. Yeah, and, and speaking of rankings, man, that's congratulations to you. You had a kind of a big day yesterday with the uh, the Fantasy Pros announcement from last year's uh, dra- pre-draft rankings. So congrats yeah, I- to you. Appreciate that. I just saw that today, actually. I didn't realize uh, when it came out, but I knew I was 23rd in season, and then, you know, the draft ranking was taking forever to come out. Yes. Same thing happened with fantasy baseball, uh, which I actually finished seventh in for uh, for last year. So I was kind of, like, nervous when you were 23rd in season. People were like, yeah, but what does that do for me during draft season? And, uh, you know, I was right there. So 25th, I'll take that. It's exactly. uh, just some consistency, right? It like Bob Lung said. Yeah, the Bob Lung consistency guy. That is, that's what we're bringing to you here on the Woo Fantasy Podcast. That's for sure. <laughs> but yeah, AFC East. Uh, Going to kick it off. Talk a little bit of New England Patriots. Uh, the highs and lows from the New England Patriots. Of course, Super Bowl championship last year, and now we're back to 
another year of boring, possible New England Patriots football. Uh, it seems like this team's kind of, I've said it on the podcast over the last few weeks, I think they're going to go kind of go back to a trend of more of this kind of balanced offensive attack. They're, you know, they're, they're deep at running back like they seem to be every single year. Losing Gronk to retirement. Of course, now there's all scuttlebutt coming out that he's, there's 40, he's at 40% that he might come back. Uh, but scuttlebutt. A little bit of a regression, I think, we saw from Tom Brady last year. Uh, what what's uh, what's your insights on the New England Patriots, and do you believe Tom Brady is on that regression down to where we can no longer count on him as a QB one in fantasy, Andy? Is regression a nice way of saying getting old? Because yes. I'm a couple years uh, elder to Tom Brady, and uh, yeah, I, I'll take regression if it means I can still hang around for another couple years. Uh, we've seen this team win just consistently year in and year out. And I, I, you look at the roster and you just wonder, like, if you saw this these names on any other team, would they excite you nearly as much? And it's almost like probably not. Yeah. You know, you, you have some good feelings about some guys maybe, but you wouldn't be, like, batting down the hatches to, to have these guys. So it's just something about New England. But this is truly kind of a unique year for them. I mean, there's no real tight end on this roster, which has been a mainstay of their success uh, feeding that position. But there's, you know, they've won with and without Gronk. So, uh, but the the talent level that's kind of there now is just something we haven't seen yet. So I'm really interested to see what happens there. Obviously, the running back position is something they want to lean heavily on. They uh, rode Sony Michelle throughout the playoffs, and he's somebody I really like a lot. And then you add Damian Harris, who I think is really slept on and kind of underappreciated, under underrated, undervalued. Uh, you add him into that dynamic, you know, backfield. Uh, uh, James White, who's been just a security blanket. So basically, another Julian Edelman. I, I don't know that they need the tight end like what we've been accustomed to in New England. Uh, when, when you just think about how this offense is going to probably work yeah, but I, I it's hard to not like them yeah I'm, I'm right there with you on that like you mentioned the tight end position yeah Ben Watson suspended the first four games of the year so now we're looking at Matt Lacoste as the starting tight end for the New England Patriots and it doesn't really drive the point home of this is the guy to go get in fantasy draft so yeah it's I think you're going to see a lot of people probably grab a Lacoste or Ben Watson late in drafts but do you really are you really going to be able to count on them? I don't really think so. Uh, what do What do you think, Nick? What's uh, What's your take on this offense as it stands right now? You know, I, I'm one of those guys. Whenever other people are zigging, I'm zagging. You know, Tom Brady. I, I you know I don't think he's going to. Ha- he hadn't had as good of a year as he had uh, in the last couple of years. 2017, 32 touchdowns. Last year, 29 touchdowns. More picks. He's still going to throw the upper 20s in the touchdown term. Who is he going to throw that to? Julian Edelman's going to get a little bit of that, but who else is going to get some? It sure as hell not going to be Philip Dorsett. You know, is Demarius Thomas going to get a little bit of that? Nikhil Harry's there as a rookie. You know, I, I don't really like any of these tight ends, but maybe that's one of those things with with like a Matt Lacoste who, golly, Bill, what did he have? He had one touchdown last year and, and played all the games. I mean, he's not one of those guys that's just sexy, but guess what? Tom Tom Brady can make guys sexy. Yeah. Um, you know, comes to mind. Honestly, Jeez. <laughs> or, or Troy, Troy Brown. I mean, put Troy Brown on another team. There's no way he does anything. No. But 
you know, it's all about getting guys in situations. You know, Tom Brady loves to throw the tight end. You know, is Matt Lacoste going to be that guy? I don't know, but you could do worse at your second tight end if you're going to take a backup tight end, which, I mean, in some of the bigger leagues that we're in, I would probably take a backup tight end. Mm-hmm. You could do a whole lot worse than Matt Lacoste right now. Yeah, definitely. So, and kind of jumping into that receiver core with the New England Patriots, we did, you know, you've got Julian Edelman there. He's the steady Eddie. But what I really want to kind of focus in on is Nikhil Harry, uh, the guy that I had as my top receiver headed into the draft process. Now he's landed with New England. We've got Tom Brady. He's got the pedigree to learn behind a great Hall of Fame quarterback in the NFL. What are we expecting from Nikhil Harry in year one with the New England Patriots, Andy? Yeah, it's not just Tom Brady. I mean, you hear some of the reports coming out in New England saying that so far he has Harry hasn't looked great because of the coverage he's been receiving in practice. So you get to go against that every day. That's only going to make you better. Uh, you, you know, we talk about you practice hard to the, so the games are easy. That's exactly what he's getting. And then he's got maybe the best quarterback of all time. And as a Jeff fan, it pains me to say that, but, it, you know, it, it's facts. It's the truth. Uh, you got him throwing you the ball. So one of the things you, you mentioned before, and I hadn't seen that number, that 40% on Gronk, I've been maintaining most of the offseason. I think it's closer to 50-50 with really uh, – I mean, you look at how close – Edelman, Gronk, and Brady are, at least how, how close they seem to be. Brady can't do this forever. You're not going to be in this position to win championships forever. Gronk is still young enough that he can play. I kind of feel like there's this, you know, hidden a pact that they have that's, listen, I'll come back, just make the playoffs. And that's all they got to do is make the playoffs. And then this- It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic. When I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Conference in this division. That's not something that you think they wouldn't be able to do. Uh, you're talking about Philip Dorsett. He kind of, to me, could be a Brandon Cook's light in this offense. He is a first-round pick after all. I didn't love it, and I'm a Miami fan for college, uh, even though people have been labeling me a, a Bama boy lately. But uh, I didn't think Dors- – I thought that was a reach for Dorsett to go in the first round, but he wasn't horrible in his second year with Andrew Luck, and then he gets moved to, uh, to, to New England and I have to kind of start over. But uh, I think maybe you could see some sneaky upside from him that – we're really not talking about or expecting now. And then for that tight end, uh, that uh, not that tight end, but that touchdown threat, I think Mikhail Harry could be that guy right out of the gate uh, with a heavy emphasis on the backfield as well, just pounding it in anywhere from within the 10. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I mean, I think Mikhail Harry is that guy that, you know, Jillian Elliman seems to be, you know, the, the security blanket that Tom Brady is going to go to. He's going to be that other guy to do stuff. I mean, granted, you're going to have some James White in there that he's going to get his, 
Um, you know, at the running back position, you have some guys that, I mean, God, they have four guys that could do something in this offense, which is scary. I mean, which is difficult to be able to say. I mean, you know, everybody from Rex Burkhead down to Damian Harris. I mean, you can, you've got a lot of guys in this offense that can go out there and get you touchdowns. But, you know, I think Nikhil Harry and, and, uh, and Julian Edelman, I mean, Julian Edelman, if I can get him, you know, he's going right now. I, I think it mostly what be as a, as a wide receiver too, but if I, he's at the end of it. If, I, if he's at the end of that, if I can get Julian Edelman as my wide receiver three in some of these leagues, you know, I'm doing cartwheels. Yeah, I mean, it depends <laughs> on how you set up the draft process. You can easily get a Julian Edelman type as your wide receiver three. depends on uh, how the draft shakes out. And, you know, of course, we keep talking about it on the podcast, you know, how, how deep a receiver can be right now and how thin running back is and how everyone's attacking that running back position in the first two, three, four, five rounds you're going to get a guy like a Julian Edelman fall down the board to you to where you can fill him in as a wide receiver three. So, I mean, that's that's a win in itself right there. You know, there's been a lot of talk about so, – so Sterling Shepard's been one of my guys offseason that I've been kind of building up. And people are saying that Golden Tate, you know, plays the slot and eats into those targets that you'd expect him to take on and yada, yada, yada. Uh, to me, it's get good football players, yeah. and then I'll deal with that problem. And you look at some of the things with New England. I'm curious to see how exotic they'll get. Damian Harris is a much better receiver out of the backfield than people, you know, seem to talk or give him credit for exactly. So you can line up Michelle and Harris in the backfield, put James White in the slot, have two slots with Edelman and then Nikhil Harry. I mean, you can get a little crazy. You just put you're putting good talent out there with again arguably the best quarterback of all time to have all these receiving weapons at his disposal. That's still kind of a scary offense. Yeah, and that's what you mentioned with Damian Harris is that he was he was such a multifaceted player at Alabama that he kept Josh Jacobs off the field for the majority of the last couple of years in college, uh, and that's the guy that everyone's targeting as far as you know first running back off the board when it comes to rookies in fantasy drafts right now. So. Damian Harris is a guy that's kind of getting slept on. Uh, I do think if you if you go after Sony Michelle at some point in that kind of that fifth sixth round range, it's a smart play to go after Damian Harris and kind of own both pieces of that backfield because I think as the year progresses, both of those guys are going to play a role in this backfield. But then again, it's also to you know dials back into Bill Belichick and how he drives all of us nuts when it comes to fantasy football ownership is that you just you can't rely on a guy in these backfields year in and year out. Only guys the constant has been James White. And, Andy, you did mention him earlier as well. He's just, I mean, the guy The guy is going to give you solid uh, eight targets a game, giving you those five, six, seven catches a game. I mean, easily a guy that I would like to have in a PPR format as my running back too. And if I'm in a winning situation, I'm getting him at a flex spot. But, yeah, that's it's kind of a mind-coming headache situation in this offense. It's going to be a decent offense, but you're going to have weeks where it's just who, who to start. It's going to be really matchup dependent with this offense. Yeah, I want to also mention, it'd be kind of, uh, I don't want to say foolish, but it'd be kind of unprofessional for us to not mention Josh Gordon is still on this roster as yeah. well. I, I'm not going to throw him into the mix until he's going to show us something again. Uh, you know, he's starting out suspended. But one guy I do want to kind of point to is unsigned uh, free agent, uh, rookie free agent, Jacoby Myers out of NC State, who's got good size and showed some good things at the scene. 
senior bowl. I got to see him up close and personal. Uh, he's, you know, not somebody I think is going to come in and, you know, be a thousand yard guy, but he's somebody that in, uh, had, could have a role and could learn from the guys in this system as well. So this is a guy that I would say somebody that I would target in dynasty leagues just as a deep stash. Uh, but Jacoby Myers is definitely a guy that I'd be keeping the tabs on. Hell of a pull there out of the hat there. Definitely some great dynasty advice there too. So now we're gonna, we'll move on to the to the New York Jets and we're going to speak to the oh, Andy, Andy Singleton's. Uh, speak to Andy Singleton's heart here with the New York Jets. What a uh, I'll kind of I'll kind of roll it out to you and let you uh, speak to what you feel is in store for the New York Jets from a fantasy football perspective in 2019. I just want to see if Nick had anything to add on New England because oh, I don't want to yeah. steal all the shine here. No, go for it, yeah. No, no I, I, I have no idea. for the New England I, Patriots. I, I, I have literally no idea who the hell the guy is you told me about that's in their wide receiver, so I'm going to mark him <laughs> down for some of our right. dynasty leagues. So thank, thank you for that. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going down their little list here. Let's see, Braxton Perios from last year, you know, one of the classic slot guys. No, I mean – you know, the Pats is one of those guys. I mean, the one guy I look down the line to, you know, he's he's starting to get up there in age. He's 31. Is Demarius Thomas. I mean, he's, he's one of those guys. He's only, you know, a couple of years removed from, you know, close to 1,000 yards, five touchdown guys. I mean, is he one of those guys that, you know, is, is a Randy Moss in this offense that can come in and, and kind of revitalize his career a little bit? I don't know. Um, you know, he's, some, he's somebody maybe, maybe – I mean, he's on a one-year – cheap deal, you know, if, if if I'm in late rounds, you know, do I take a flyer on somebody like that over an unproven Nikhil Harry who's, granted, I like Nikhil Harry, but I yeah. don't, you know, unlike Andy, I do not trust Philip Dorsett. I've been down that road before and at least taken a look at the guy like Philip Dorsett. I don't trust the guy. I, I think at max he's going to be a 600-yard, three-touchdown kind of a guy. He just doesn't get me excited. Damaris is not a guy that necessarily gets me excited either, but you know, could he? He's at least a guy I could see returning back to his form from a couple of years ago. Yeah, you have to keep in mind too. He's coming off the Achilles uh, injury late in the year last year, so who's to say how healthy he'll be once training camp gets going and once the season gets underway? And I'm not really going to put my finger and put my stamp on approval for Demarius Thomas to even make this final roster for the New England Patriots. We've seen him go down this road before, bringing in Chad Ocho Cinco. Uh, late in his career, just to kind of Oco Cinco, Oco Cinco, but you know, give him a late charge, let him see what he's got in training camp, and if he's not up to par, not up to snuff, cut bait and let him go. I mean, that's the thing. That's what I'll be interested to see with Demarius Thomas. Like I said, I'm not sure that he makes this final roster. Yeah, that's a. I, I like that bet. I would take that bet. That Achilles scares me. His age, his decline had already started to begin with. And again, you mentioned that you know they brought in other big names in the past, and they they're not impressed by the name on the back of the jersey. They're looking at the one on the front in New England. So it doesn't matter that's uh, really who's there. Every year. What? <laughs> so Did my yeah. headphones just my headphones just cracked out. Can you still hear me? Yeah. No, I got you. Uh, hold on. You got to give me a second here. I got to change my uh, my headphones. Here we go. Is that too uh? Is that too much feedback for you guys? Uh, no, we're good, man. All right. Yeah, definitely. No. All right. Jets. I, I think I got to first and foremost start by telling you how I even became a Jet fan, and that was 
because they went one and fifteen, and I decided this is a great time to get on the season ticket list because it's not that it's not as deep as the Giants, yeah, and there's only up from here. You can't <laughs> get worse than one and fifteen. I mean, you can, but what are the odds of that? And uh, it hasn't been great. I mean, Bill Parcells. You know, the Bill Parcells era was probably the, the best time to be a Jet fan. You know, Vinny Testaverde, Chad Pennington in, in that time frame. Of course, Curtis Martin. But it's really not been a lot to look forward to. And things are starting to trend up. Scott Atkins, uh, who's a you know big name in the industry, tweeted out tonight, I haven't been this excited to for the Jet season in quite some time. And, you know, you look at the roster, and they have some talent. I mean, Sam Donald is arguably the best quarterback in the – Draft last year, he was my number one quarterback last year, and that's ahead of Baker, ahead of Lamar Jackson, ahead of uh, Josh Allen. He was my number one last year, and I still think you know he's got a lot of uh, room to improve, but I think he's capable of getting there. You add a guy like Le'Veon Bell to that backfield who can just basically do everything for him, that to me was the, the best move of the offseason uh, for almost any team, just knowing what your personnel was and bringing in somebody that could – contribute to that immediately and take some of the pressure off. And then, he, you know, he also comes in with the name and the contract uh, and everything like that. So the spotlight isn't on Donald nearly as much. Um, but, you know, you got some exciting receivers as well with Robbie Anderson, Quincy Anuma coming back from injury, Jamison Crowder, been a nice guy in the slot. I know Herndon's got the uh, suspension to start the season, but he's an up-and-coming riser. Uh, so there is some hope and some stuff to get excited about on the offensive side of the ball. And then defensively, you know, the Jets just look like they have playmakers in a lot of different places. And this is just showing you kind of the parity in the NFL now where teams can suck one year and be, you know, pretty damn good and playoff teams the next year. So uh, I'm hopefully optimistic that they will be somewhere around eight and eight and, being eight and eight, that could easily be nine and seven or seven and nine. So, you know, if we're in the ballpark, I'd be happy with that. I don't want another top five pick. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> so, how optimistic are you with Adam Gase running this offense? That's the one caveat. Uh, I'm not excited at all. <laughs> I can't Let me tell you, he's a Bears fan. Don't yeah, be I was too excited. Say, Nick is a Bears fan, so he's coming from an Adam Gase system as well. So. I can't stand this guy at all, and he hasn't even coached it down. Uh, I, I don't I, – I mean, you just look at – first of all, the press conference was just weird. It was a circus. Then you talk about how McCagney gets fired after the draft. I mean, why do we let him handle the draft then? Like, this, you know, it's just – things just don't seem to make sense. I wasn't in love with their draft. I didn't hate it, but I didn't love it. Um, you know, like I said, they're, they're – They've they've solidified themselves in a lot of places. They've gotten younger. They've gotten better. They've improved the talent on the road. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. They still need some help on the old line, but, um, yeah, this team has markedly improved uh, in, in the course of a year. Uh, and, you know, Gay seems to have tenure already, again, before even coaching it down. So I'll be curious to see how much of a leash he has, considering how much talent they've added, and if he, you know, can't do anything with his talent. 
uh, or if he loses the locker room again, like you know it was rumored in Miami, then you know what happens. Yeah, I agree with you there. That's the. Uh, how are you looking at with as far as the fantasy prospects with Le'Veon Bell right now going kind of late late in that first round area coming off of of course the whole year where he did not play in 2018. Do you think that there's going to be a little bit of that rust that he's going to have to knock off early in the season, or do you think it's kind of Katie bar the door, 25 touches a game right out of the gate for Le'Veon? I think it's more of the latter, but uh, I do think there will be some rust, and more so than that, as I just mentioned, the line is really not that great for the Jets, and that's a, a huge difference between what he was running behind in Pittsburgh. Uh, just, you know, the fluidity of that system. You, you know, you got a young quarterback that's still learning to read defenses and, and scan the field. Uh, you know, some, some upside guys, but not necessarily proven guys yet. Uh, so there are a ton of question marks, but uh, I, I do think he doesn't necessarily have to be um, successful, you know, from a yards per carry standpoint to continue to get those touches. They're paying him to get those touches. He's probably the most skilled player they have on offense on the roster. Uh, you know, whether it comes from little dump offs and him having 100 yards receiving or 100 yards rushing, I think he'll be over, you know, 100 total yards per game. Uh, pretty weekly, if not every week. This was a top three running back every year he's been in the league. Um, top three, top five, I forgot what it was. I did a, I did a profile on him for player profile last year for Roto Underworld, their draft kit, talking about how great this guy was, and he was the slam dunk number two overall pick, and then he never played it down. So, um, how does that feel, Brandon? Don't remind me. Don't remind me. I yeah. drafted him in a high-stakes draft last year, and it killed me. <laughs> I think it was uh, – I think he's been. I think it was top five, top five every year for like five years. He's been in the league, or something. Some it was some number like that. Uh, but, I mean, but that's just a, a kind of a, a taste of what this guy brings to the table. I mean, that kind of consistency uh, from not just you know running between the tackles, but getting outside of them and, and receiving. And uh, he, you know, he's the whole package. So I think he's got a lot to prove. I think the time off probably served him well. And you know, I, I don't think he's going to come out of the gate you know, rushing for 200 yards a game, but I, I don't think it's going to knock him from getting those touches either. Yeah, so, so with like the inefficiencies of that Jets offensive line right now, do you, Nick, I'm going to throw this to you. Over, under on receptions for Bell in 2019, 70 receptions for Le'Veon Bell. Do you think we're going to see him go over that number or under that number? Man. Um... You know, I'm 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 gonna say under, but not by much. Uh, I I think he's I think Sam Darnold, you know, much much like Henderson last year or, or Hernan last year, where where he was kind of getting those passes there, you know, kind of dump off something close to the line there. I think Le'Veon's gonna get a lot of that. You know, Ty Montgomery was there in that offense last year, getting some some catch out of the backfield, as well as Bilal Powell, and Elijah um, McGuire, who was a big and Elijah McGuire favorite of mine. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, these guys are having you know. 15 or 20 receptions last year. I mean, is Le'Veon a guy? I mean, and, and I'm sure Andy can probably speak to it too. I mean, these are guys that are good, but they're not going to lead an offense. I mean, Le'Veon is going to be a three-down back in this offense there. If it's me, you know, and I'm looking at my running back, if I'm in, you know, that 9, 10, 11, 12 spot in the first round, we were talking about it where Le'Veon Bell a month ago was going in round two. If I'm sitting there a latter part of the first round, I could do a lot worse than a guy like Le'Veon Bell. I mean, I'd much rather have Le'Veon Bell over a guy like James Conner, who 
who, you know, granted, I think James Conner is a good running back, but Le'Veon is a guy that's a franchise changer. Yes. You know, he's a guy who I want, and I would feel comfortable leading my running back core out there week, week in, week out. So I think he's going to come in slightly under that 70 mark, but it's going to be like 60 to 65, which for a running back, give me that every time as my RB1. Yeah, go, yeah, go for it, Andy. Yeah. Yeah, I'm right on that number with you. I mean, 70 is just under four and a half a game. I think he's going to have some games where he's got two or three and some games where he's got eight to ten. Um, you know, to average it out, I would say you told me four a game. That, that's a, that's a really good over under bet. And I'd like to, uh, if you've tweeted that, I'd like to tag you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, that's, throw, uh, I'll throw that out there. Yeah, that's definitely a good one. I, I think he's right on the cusp. I, I, I'm, I'm with you know, I'm with you here, uh, Nick. I think he's somewhere in that right around 65, which uh, is is really close. I mean, we're talking about you know less than a reception per game <laughs> um, is how close it is. But I'll take the under also. Yeah, you know, and, and jumping ahead, you know, I know Brandon's getting ready to get into it, but you know, I, I tell you somebody who I have loved the last couple of years. Uh, and, and that's Robbie Anderson. You know, Robbie Anderson going into last year is severely underrated. You know, he was a guy that was going as a four or five last year. You know, getting in this year, you know, if I'm waiting a little bit to get my wide receivers three, you know, I could do a lot worse than a guy like Robbie Anderson, especially in a basketball league. You know Robbie Anderson's going to go off at least a couple times during the year, but especially in, even in a season long. I mean, I you know, Brandon will tell you, Unfortunately for me, I had to get Sam Darnold as my absolute number one guy. You know, where where for Andy, Andy, he was Andy's number one quarterback in the draft last year amongst the rookies. Sam Darnold's my number one quarterback in the Colton and the Wolf family here. So I waited a little long in a best ball and got Sam Darnold. But guess what? I feel a little bit excited. I, and I'll even go this far, you know, at least as far as a team prediction. The Jets could possibly win the division. This is from an outsider perspective. Ooh. Jets could possibly win the division here this year. Uh, I think if things line up right, they have the kind of talent that could get things done. Are they going to beat Tom Brady? Yeah, maybe one game out of two. But, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. My goodness. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, I honestly, I don't think that's ridiculous. I mean, you know, Mangini did it. I mean, it, it kind of feels like that kind of time again in New York for, for you know, gangrene a little with with all the talent I mentioned, you, you know, you br- you brought in some leaders too. When you talk about C.J. Mosley and Jamal Adams, you know, anchoring your defense, and then you bring in Lev Bell, uh, and, and you've got a you've got a you know a, a true franchise quarterback in Sam Darnold. Uh, you know, I think you know th- there's a lot more to what is in this locker room than what people. You know, might the Jets have been the laughing stock the last several seasons? So you know, deservedly so. And, and now you saw the Browns were laughing stock for a while, and you see what they did overnight. Uh, so I don't think the Jets are too far from possibly being in that same kind of stratosphere. Yeah, I mean, with Sam Darnold, like Nick mentioned himself, uh, I'm kind of really high on Sam Darnold coming into this season. I've got him kind of ranked right now as one of my higher end QB twos in fantasy. Uh, I think all the cards and everything are kind of rounding into form right now for him to have a very a very large leap statistically in 2019 in his sophomore year. I mean, you know, like Andy mentioned as well, there's weapons to, to utilize in this offense. Robbie Anderson, of course, is one that has been previously mentioned here. Uh, that uh, Robbie Anderson is on the cusp of putting together a very, very solid season in fantasy 
I'm grabbing him everywhere I can right now as a wide receiver three. I uh, was targeting him in the Scott Fishbowl draft that I just finished up, and he was one of my players that I got sniped on just ahead of me in one of my rounds. Uh, but yeah, those two guys themselves are going to, I think, have very, very solid seasons for fantasy owners in 2019. Uh, Sam Darnold's a guy like a, you can wait on him later in drafts if you want to kind of go with that late QB push. You, you see some people utilize that kind of like a Dak Prescott and a you know, say a Sam Darnold you know, combo later in drafts and just play the matchups throughout the se- throughout the season. Uh, Darnold's going to be a guy that can win you ball games in certain weeks based on the matchup, and I'm, I'm really excited about what this offense can do. Uh, but now I'll pose the question to you, Andy, as well. So you're as the Jets fan, uh, I'm late in a draft. I'm in round 19, round 20, somewhere around in that range. Uh, I'm looking to kind of bolster a little bit of depth in my wide receiver core. Am I taking Quincy and Nunwa, or am I taking Jamison Crowder? Oh, yeah, that's tough. I think I'd go Crowder. Uh, I think I think Nunwa could be that guy, but uh, I think Crowder has shown us. Uh, I think there's a little bit more comfort with that. And again, um, you, know, you know, just the. Number of targets, I think, in Trump Anuma. I mean, Anuma was on the verge of being a legit, you know, high-end wide receiver, too, in his own right. Uh, so I just, you know, I'm not saying it's out of his wheelhouse. I, I just feel like uh, Crowder could be that safety option a little bit more for Donald in year two. Uh, so I, I would say Crowder by, by a hair, by a slight hair. But I'm not afraid of Anuma. There you go. I'm, I'm kind of the same way. I wound up uh, late in my fishbowl draft. I did draft a... Quincy and Nunwa kind of taking that late round flyer on him, hoping things pan out in this offense. But uh, Nick, is there uh, any other any other parting shots for the New York Jets as we wrap up this team? Uh, any uh, any other player we've not mentioned, or what uh, what player are you highest on on this offense currently? I mean, I mean, outside of Riley Anderson and 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 Lev Bell that we've mentioned. Already, you know, especially with Chris Hearn, I, I am one of those guys. I love taking the suspended guys. I don't know why it, it gets me every year. Most of the time, it's a good thing, but sometimes it's a bad thing. But but Chris Herndon, I mean, I mean, he's one of those guys that I, I think was was you know somebody that a lot of people were targeting here to be you know even a, even a tight end one. But I mean, especially in some of those leagues where. I mean, let's face it, the way the tight ends are going, positions going. If I'm not getting one of the first, you know. Four or five guys. I mean, I'm really, I'm really stretching out there to be able to find a tight end. I again, just like with Matt Lacoste, you know, if, granted, I would want to draft Chris Herndon a little bit before I drafted Matt Lacoste, but you know, Chris Herndon is one of those guys that that you know I, I, I could be very comfortable drafting in in around 12, 13, 14 kind of area, especially in the three four games. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. I think Herndon's a guy that's going to come in after that suspension. They're going to sprinkle him into the offense and he's going to find a nice little niche as the season progresses definitely a guy that you can grab late and drafts now because of the suspension and have him sit on your uh, on your roster late in uh, deep on the bench ready to go as you kind of round into your playoff form uh any other you're, last you're, you're not talking jeremy jeremy sprinkle right not jeremy sprinkle no we're not talking <laughs> famous players of yours Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. 
In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> no. He, he's, on, he's, a, he's a third string tight end for Washington. Right? Yeah, that's, yeah. Good luck with that. Let's keep him in the league. Anyways, uh, Andy, any uh, any other final sp- any other final spots for your hometown Jets there? No, I I, I want to talk about them as little as possible. <laughs> you don't want to jinx it. He's feeling no. feeling good headed into the season. Don't want to jinx it early. Exactly. So moving moving on along, next team I want to kind of get into is the Buffalo Bills. A lot of it's kind of in a in the same form and fashion as the New York Jets. There's a lot of a lot of a. Uh, a lot of excitement coming from some of the Buffalo Bills fans. Circling the wagons. There's going to be circling the wagons yet again. Uh, Josh Allen in year two. They brought in some weapons. You've got, you got guys coming in. Uh, you know, they've added TJ Yeldon to the backfield along with LaShawn McCoy. They've drafted Devin Singletary. So they're addressing some key spots, and they're trying to put pieces around Josh Allen to improve upon what was a very up and down and inconsistent season for a player that was pretty much a tale of two different halves. Uh, once they came back from the bye, Josh Allen was probably one of the best quarterbacks in fantasy, uh, but prior to the bye was one of the worst. So which <laughs> which player do we see in 2019 Josh Allen, do we see a guy that's on the cusp and can push as a QB1, a low-end QB1 by season's end? Or is he just going to be another you know, fall-by-the-wayside guy that's going to be waiver-wire fodder? I think we're going to be having this discussion every year for the entirety of his career uh, just because I don't think there will ever be people that truly buy into him or believe in him or trust him. There's always going to be the doubters. Uh, I was more on him than most uh, actually you know got into a lot of battles and arguments over this last year uh, I was one of his big tractors going into senior bowl week and then you know you saw the ugliness of what some of his throws could be but then you saw the eliteness of what he also possesses in his arm so he really you know walks a, a fine line of superb quarterback to dumpster fire Christian Hackenberg level kind of kind of guy. Um, so I, I think for him, the fact that he has that fearless attitude and that scrambling ability uh, matched with his size, I think that's something that will help him get through these first couple of years. I took him as my third QB in the fishbowl uh, draft. Uh, I'm more bullish on him. I'm, I just think he's got a winning mentality, and I think that goes a long way once you get to this level. I think a lot of it is between the ears, and uh, he has the size and the athleticism and talent to match it. I love the running ability, and that's really more why I took him than anything else, Uh, just to, you know, you throw that in, and people are comparing him and Lamar Jackson and, you know, who's better, who's worse. I mean, this guy had 631 yards rushing last year and eight touchdowns. That's pretty, pretty special. Uh, for a quarterback, um, you know, so if he can get me anywhere close to 3,000 yards and, you know, 20 touchdowns, 15, 18, somewhere in that range, and then continue showing some of that scrambling ability, 
um, yeah, that's that's going to be a, a nice fantasy player for uh, for the short term. Yeah, and you, know, you getting him as a QB three in the fishbowl as an absolutely outstanding pick. I would have loved to have grabbed him as a QB three. Another player I was targeting. I'm just as bullish on him as you are. Uh, I've mentioned throughout the entire offseason some articles that I've I put out on Roto Baller as you know, he's. He's the quarterback that everyone is wanting Lamar Jackson to be, and he is that right now. He's getting you the points week in and week out and has the ability to throw the ball deep downfield, sometimes with accuracy, sometimes with without accuracy. But they've brought in the pieces and surrounded him with players that I think is going to cause him to excel in 2019. And, I, I mean, I have no qualms whatsoever about drafting this guy, especially as my QB2. Uh, lots of upside with him on this team, with this offense. It's one another one that I think is going to be playing from behind a lot. So that you're going to have to you're going to have to put points on the board. You're going to see a lot of opportunities for Josh Allen. Nick, throw uh, throw your two cents in here as well. What uh, what are you? What's your take on Josh Allen in 2019? You know, my take on Josh Allen really goes back to the running back situation. I I have been. As Brandon well knows, I've been a big proponent of uh, some Sean McCoy for, for the last couple of years, and, and I've been doing really good with that up until last year. So I think with the absence of a running game uh, in Buffalo, Josh Allen's had to kind of step it up in the run game there, and he, he you know, was was that guy. That he was their best rusher last year as well as their starting quarterback. So I, I think until they at least get a running game, a consistent running game, uh, you know, Josh Allen's going to be that guy that, you know, I, I do not want Lamar Jackson in a fantasy league. Uh, Lamar Jackson cannot throw the ball, but Josh Allen can. Yeah. He's, he's got receivers there in that offense that he can actually throw the ball to right now. Uh, they've, they've done a good job, not a great job, but they've done a good job upgrading the wide receiver core. They've got John Brown. They've got Cole Beasley, which, let's face it, they're not really good options. They're not good upgrades. Solid but they're, players. They're, they're, the core itself as a whole is better than what it was last year. Yes. Will it be better? Yes. Will it make a huge difference? Will there be a guy that's going to finish top 15 in that offense? No. But is Josh, Josh Allen is the one guy that has benefited from the Buffalo Bills offseason there. He, if anything, is going to rush just as much, if not very close to what he did last year, and probably throws, throws for some more yards and some more touchdowns. Case in point, Josh Allen is going to be a really good number two quarterback. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. Uh, definitely a solid solid QB2 in fantasy in 2019. Uh, we've touched on the receiving core. Uh, I want to throw that question and pose that out to you. Uh, who out of that core four in this receiving group are we targeting as the top receiving option by season's end in this group? Ruben, is it going to be Robert Foster? Zay Jones, who showed a rapport with Allen late in the year last year, or are we going to get a little bit of uh, some some of that new feel from from Cole Beasley or John Brown? Who who are we targeting here, Andy? Yeah, I, I think by season's end we'll feel totally different about this, but for draft season, draft purposes, I really only feel comfortable with John Brown, and I know it's a new team, new situation, new offense, new everything, and he's got a figure out how to get comfortable in there but he's listed right now as a wide receiver one I think he's a lot better than we ever want to think about I mean you go back to his Arizona days when he was working with Carson Palmer and we were ready for the breakout and he's just had these injuries uh, that have kind of you know held him back but when he's on the field and he's playing you know he's been dynamic and 
and we saw what he did with Flacco last year before they made the move, and then all of a sudden he was basically non-existent once Joe Flacco wasn't the quarterback anymore. Uh, so John Brown's the only wide receiver I really want to target. Not saying the only one I would take, uh, just the only one I would target. I mean, if some of the others want to fall to me, uh, that's fine. I'd be happy to grab them. Um, outside of that, I really didn't see it for myself with Dawson Knox as far as being as far as being this elite level kind of upside. Uh, But a lot of my peers that cover the draft, uh, we're all talking, you know, raving about him, how athletic he is and just, you know, how it's, uh, it's so like you couldn't, you couldn't duplicate his college career. If you tried, that's just how big and talented and good he is. And he's got the draft capital in Buffalo they're waiting for a folk hero. I mean, I still remember the Charles Clay drop touchdown pass to close out the Bills season last year, and just that basically jettisoned him out of town, and they're waiting for a hero to come in and just make them forget that. There's nothing in front of Dawson Knox to, to, to stop him from being a Buffalo icon and, you know, folk hero for years to come. So I'm not necessarily saying I would target him, I don't really love rookie tight ends, but I think the game has definitely changed and evolved over the last couple of years where I'm not afraid of rookie tight ends anymore either. Uh, there are a lot of good names this year, uh, just based more on good situations than actually how I would feel, you know, just about their skills overall. But Dawson Knox is in a great situation. So him and John Brown would be the receiving options I'd be looking at. Yeah, yeah, I can sign off that. Nick, do you, Nick, you have anything to add there? Yeah, negative. I, I have hated John Brown since the very beginning uh, in his days in Arizona. Uh, he's always been yapped about and has never done anything. So the guy that – inconsistent to say the least. Uh, there's a reason he's on another team this year. Uh, so so my guy and, and Brandon and I, I think, have taken him in a draft that we've done together. Uh, and a guy who I told him a lot about at the end of last year, who he, helped, he definitely helped me out in some games – uh, late in the year last year, but Robert Foster developed a little bit of a relationship uh, with, with Josh Allen last year. Over the last seven games of, of the, the 2018 season, Robert Foster had four, over half, were over 90 yards, and he had three touchdowns. So he's, he's basically going for, for a, a very consistent fantasy game out there. Uh, I mean, Zay Jones did really well too, but Robert Foster is a guy that, especially as late as he's going, he's not getting a lot of publicity in that offense. He's a guy who seemed to develop a little bit of a rapport with Josh Allen last year. So he's the guy that I want late in drafts to be able to target as, you know, a wide receiver five or six. Yeah, I, I, I'm kind of right there with you. It's just depends on what I'm getting value-wise in a draft. Uh, if a guy like a Robert Foster is starting to slide down the board a little bit more because I've got him and John Brown in my uh, pre-draft rankings right now kind of back-to-back and uh, in, in rankings. So I'm kind of with a little bit with Andy there. Is I just don't know who I'm, I'm coveting more. Uh, it's going to really depend on how the draft shakes out and how the value is playing out during a draft as far as who I'm going with. Uh, but it you know, kind of like what we posed a little bit with the Jets question as far as late in a draft, I'm going probably to target Zay Jones a lot in drafts late uh, as a guy, end of end of the bench guy. Uh, he's he, Like I mentioned, he did kind of develop that rapport with Josh Allen at the end of the year last year. 
Um, I think you're going to see a lot of target spread around through much of the season, but I think the target share that you're going to see from Isaiah Jones is going to be fairly consistent throughout the 2019 season. So I think he's a guy that you can kind of grab late and see how things unfold with him uh, as the season progresses. But then uh, kind of jumping into well, the back. Whoop. Okay, what? I was just going to add, I mean, here's here's one thing too. Um, you know, according to the latest half-point PPR uh, ADPs on Fantasy Football Calculator, Robert Foster's 67th wide receiver overall and John Brown is not in this list, which goes up to 68. So Foster's leaped ahead of John Brown. So another reason, like, I'd be happier uh, taking John Brown. Uh, one more caveat to that. I, I know the age is a factor, the size is a factor, everything like that. But John Brown has a 1,000-yard receiving season under his belt and was on pace for another one last year, uh, can score the touchdowns and find the end zone as well. So this is somebody that's kind of proven it. Robert Foster was – you know, like a a guy they found off the street, basically. Yeah. I know I know he has the college pedigree and everything like that, but it wasn't anything. This this was a find for them, and more was it that he built a rapport, and that's what's going to happen and go you know going forward, or was it he took advantage of a good situation for himself and was the best of nothing, and now that they have better talent like John Brown more seasoned talent like John Brown, is that who the rapport forms with uh, Josh Allen uh, to John Brown? So uh, based on their draft price especially, yeah, give me all the Smokey, Joe, John, (laughs) Smokey Brown, I can muster. Yeah, I'm kind of with you there. Like You you are seeing John Brown fall down the draft board a little bit just because uh, people have a bad taste left in their mouth from the experiment with Baltimore in that – horrid, horrid passing game that they were putting on the field last year. So, uh, I, I'm in agreement there with you. Um, but uh, on to the running back situation for the Buffalo Bills. Are we excited whatsoever for LaShawn McCoy in 2019? Or do we think that this is going to be Devin Singletary's job by midseason and season's end? I love Singletary coming out. He was originally my number one running back when I started my Remember that my my whole draft uh, you know breakdowns and you were riding uh, that Singletary train for quite a while. Yeah, and I'm I'm still high on him. I think he landed in the worst situation, and it's not just because of McCoy, but it's because of everything else going on, bringing the yeld in, knowing how much Josh Allen runs. Um, Singletary, I think, is a better receiver than people you know really have been reporting. You go back two years in college and you know he had decent numbers they weren't spectacular but how many running backs have spectacular numbers in college i mean james williams who had 202 receptions for washington state you couldn't even make it to training camp for kansas city so you know this was the james white of college football um so you know how many college running backs really have elite receiving numbers so i think devin singletary is a much better receiver than people want to give him credit for i think he also has uh, i think there were only two running backs in this class that showed elite skills and elite traits and that was daryl henderson's home run and breakaway ability and that was singletary's elusiveness and lower body strength uh so i just think this is a good football player um but you bring in so much it's just such a horrible spot for him to land so i don't think this is the year for him i think there is still some with mccoy 
Um, but he was also, I, I've, you know, heard stories that he was begging management to bring in Frank Gore, uh, almost to the point that it sounds like he's willing to give up some of his share of the workload to, to Gore. So, I mean, you got Gore, you got McCoy, you got Yeldon, and then you got Singletary after all of that. I, I just think it's, there's too much there, uh, without anything changing. Uh, for Singletary to really have any opportunity to be anything fantasy relevant in his rookie year. Yeah, it's de- definitely too many mouths to feed in this backfield as it's currently constituted, so I agree with you there. Nick, is there uh, any running back in this backfield that's standing out head and shoulders above the rest for you? Head and shoulders, no. I mean, I, I was doing a mock draft last night and just trying to see, you know, what's available late. You know, he's a guy, obviously, Devin Singletary was way off the board. I'm not touching Frank Gore and his elder statesman self. Uh, LaShawn McCoy, you know, was if I'm getting LaShawn McCoy, maybe he's a number four in a later round. I mean, maybe he's somebody at least to consider. I at least know what he had. He had half the attempts he had in 2018 than he had in 2017. Is that something that is just, uh, you know, a part of the offense there? Or is he just kind of legitimately getting older at 31 and doesn't have that ability anymore? Well, you the know one as well guy- as I do, though, watching Buffalo yeah. Bills games last year, is it seemed like every time you looked up at the screen, LaShawn McCoy was on the ground. But then and they, they, they were stacking eight in the eight and nine in the box, and then would come back into the game like mere just with like a, a miracle coming back into the game later in the game. You thought he was done for the year, but then the guy would come back in after halftime. He does it every year. Does it? All you know the, the the one the one guy, and I, I don't know why he's never really gotten a chance. You know, and we got a chance last year after the whole Leonard Fournette crap happened. T.J. Yeldon. I mean, he's a guy, he's 25, he's emerged, he, he's emerging, he's always been that PPR darling. He caught 55 balls last year, which who's to say he can do the same in Buffalo, especially in New offense. But he's, I don't know why, he's the kind of guy that, you know, you ever just kind of get a feeling that, you know, LaShawn McCoy's past his prime, Frank Gore's past his prime. I think Devin, I like Devin Singletary. Yeah. But is he the guy that, I mean, TJ Ellis is probably a guy that's going to get, you know, third down work at worst. You know, could I get somebody work? I mean, could he be like a, like a Chris Thompson in this offense? Possibly. Um, so, you know, I could do a whole lot worse, again, than a guy like T.J. Hill. Well, you're getting, you're getting yelled at, at basically free cost in drafts right now. I think looking at him overall, he's going off the board 232 overall in drafts as the 67th running back, uh, according to ADP that I'm looking at currently here. Uh He's worth that flyer late in the draft you, because you don't know what you're going to get out of him. He's that pass-catching specialist. But then also, again, like what we mentioned between both of you guys as well, is that you just don't know who who it's going to be week in and week out in this backfield. And it's it's one that you're going to wind up wanting to steer clear of. You're not going to feel good when you pull a trigger on one of these guys in your drafts. Mm-mm. Not at all. No, that's so... For me, so the more we talk about these running back situations, you know, Andy, I, I don't know, I don't know how much you know about Brandon and I, and Lisa, kind of what we do. I'm all about going ahead and getting running backs early. Like I think I can get, I, I, especially your workhorse guys, go ahead and give me these guys early. I don't want to, I, I don't want to be searching for a TJ Yeldon and keep my fingers crossed that he can come around late. I mean, give me, give me two running backs in my first three rounds, and I, I'll figure out the rest. Yeah, obviously. that's It seems to be the norm in most drafts that we're kind of jumping into currently right now. I mean, you've seen it a lot with the fishbowl. I know Andy 
You probably saw it a lot in yours as well. And running backs flying off the board at a just a ridiculous pace right now. Uh, I I say yes and no because I, I while definitely that is happening, um, there are also a lot of of the contrarian plays yeah. and the, the zero RBs, and I, I've seen that still kind of you know it's showing a pulse. But I I mean I I don't I didn't look today, but maybe a week or so ago, two weeks ago. 10 of the top 12 picks in most ADPs were running backs. So that just shows you something about the position. To me, I, I think there are more workhorse running backs coming back, that front line one, that RB1, if you will. Um, there's five or so that we feel comfortable like with those guys. And then there's you know another five or so that we feel like, eh, he should be, but do I really want to be the guy to take him? Um, I think as this game has gotten stretched out and gotten more pass happy, we're starting to see less and less of the workhorse wide receiver that we feel comfortable and secure for, you know, challenging for 150 targets or challenging for 100 receptions, guaranteed a thousand yards and double digit touchdowns. I mean, that guy is more and more rare. And that's kind of the guy, you know, we felt was more available uh, going back the last couple of years. So, I would venture, it depends on where you're drafting. If you're at the top half of the first round, I think you definitely have to grab one of those top five running backs. Um, but if you're in the back half of the first round, I think you definitely have to grab one of those receivers. Uh, I think it just comes down to, it's just simply what, what half of the round are you in? Yeah, it's what I did in my fishbowl draft is at, at the 10th spot and all the running backs fly off the board. And, of course, Kelsey goes – mid-round one as well, and then I went with Devontae Adams there at the tail end of round one. So it's just all we, about the value. We were talking about this on uh, the show I do on Friday nights, uh, FF Champs After Dark with uh, Jim Day and Frank Scandoro, and we all wound up with Devontae Adams as our wide receiver. And I thought I had taken him in the first round as they did, but I actually took Kittle at 1-8. Bob Long was at 1-7 and took uh, Kelsey at 1-7. I took Kittle at 1-8. And wound up getting Devontae Adams at 2-5. Uh, so, you know, the fishbowl is – I know that's all the talk right now. And hopefully once August comes and, you know, my draft with Giants 5 is is uh, is underway, hopefully that will be trending on Twitter. Um, but I, I know uh, the fishbowl is, you know, is, is very much talked about. But it's such a different format that I think you have to throw all logic out the window. You really do. I mean, each one is just completely different from the next. You, just, you don't, you can't go by normal ADP when you when you jump into one of the fishbowl drafts for sure. No, definitely not. And you know, the quarterback thing is 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 definitely a huge factor as well. Uh, I mean, it essentially is a super flex league, yep. uh, and you know, quarterbacks obviously are king in those. Uh, so the tight end premium makes tight ends very valuable. So you, it really comes down to which of, which of an emphasis am I going to place? Because most normal redraft leagues, it's I'm either not going early on quarterback or I'm not going on early on tight end or I'm not going early on both. And in the fishbowl, it's like you have to go early on both. Yeah. So it's almost the complete opposite of, of what you would normally think to do in a redraft draft. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. It's definitely changing up. 
And uh, like you mentioned with your draft, that's going to be starting in August as well, drafting with Giants 5. Looking forward to that. Hopefully we'll be uh, getting getting the several listeners of the podcast involved in this draft. Uh, if you want to throw that out there real quick, uh, any way to sign up with the drafting with Giants? Yeah, so basically Scott Fish has been a great friend of mine uh, since I got into this industry. And I did, uh, for whatever reason, a complete ripoff of the fishbowl. I think it was when I started doing my videos and my video channel. Uh, it was something just to promote it. And it started out very simple. I think it was, I want to say it was just two leagues. Maybe it was four. I forgot. But I had Scott. I had Evan Silva. I had uh, Josh Moore uh, from 4 for 4. I had a bunch of big names. Matt Harmon, uh, Sigmund Bloom. You know, big names. And then a few, you know, random fans, uh, quote, air quotes, got in. And it's now up to year five. It's expanding to 240 teams this year. It's basically a best ball version of the fishbowl. Um, not entirely the same as the fishbowl. It's different uh, roster format, uh, different scoring, but quirky scoring, just the same. Uh, there's return yardage, so you'll see Farrell Cooper going in the third round in some drafts uh, because of that. Uh, and then the big, uh, the big, you know, claim to fame now that I have with this is uh, I have it set up that. The playoffs is a 64-team uh, NCAA March Madness-style elimination bracket. Uh, so that's basically what it comes down to. Wow. It's uh, 240 teams this year, and it's free to get in. It's you know an industry kind of thing, it's open to all. Just send an email to draftwithgiants at gmail.com. Uh, put pre, uh, DWG5 as the pre-reg, and uh, I will start sending out notifications in another you know week or two here. Uh, we draft uh, starting like mid-August, so it's kind of that last pre—you know, last preseason kind of thing uh, to kick off uh, going, getting into week one. There we go. Good deal. And definitely uh, shoot that email to him, get signed up for that draft, and uh, hopefully we'll see you guys in there. But let's wrap this puppy up this week with the last and probably certainly least Miami Dolphins. Uh, not a lot of excitement to be had with this offense as we look forward to the 2019 season. Um, I mean, you know, you, you're, you've got Ryan Fitzpatrick battling with battling with uh, Josh Rosen for the quarterback starting position here. Uh, Kenyon Drake battling with Kalen Balazs for touches in this backfield. And then just a muddied mess at wide receiver for the Miami Dolphins. Any excitement for you? in any players in drafts based on current ADP for you, Andy? No. <laughs> Not at all. My brother is a huge Miami Dolphins fan since the Dan Marino days, so I, I always have a lot of fun um, just listening to him go crazy every Sunday with how the team was run. Now he's going to get that from me because now I have Gase and he doesn't. Brian Flores is the head coach now. He's a Brooklyn guy. He actually went to high school less than 20 blocks from where I live. Uh, not that I know him, but um, I got to kind of root for that guy. I got to pull for that guy. So it's a little weird kind of a situation. But you look at this roster. I mean, this is what I started out when we were talking about New England. If you had New England's names on this Miami team, we'd probably feel just as bad about them as we do looking at them, you know, uh, the Miami roster. If you put these Miami names in New England, they'd probably look a lot better. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think there's, you know, some some of that. 
Albert Wilson, maybe, um, you know, he was always kind of hyped up in Kansas City, never really got a chance to get it going, and then has shown some spurts here and there. Uh, but, you know, he's got to come back and prove that he's fully back from the injury. Mike Jasicki, I wasn't in love with coming out of college, but he was uniquely gifted and talented. Um, so I think he's somebody that we might, you know, if they use him properly, and he's more of that uh, wide receiver type. I compared him closer to Evan Engram than anybody else when he was coming out, just as that guy that he's kind of a tweener. Um, you know, but he's somebody that, you know, the, the book is not closed on him. He has certainly has the athleticism to, to, to do something as a receiving tight end. Um, no, the best thing I can say about this is Josh Rosen was my 1A to Sam Darnold. Uh, Baker Mayfield was my 3, if you're curious. Uh, uh, Lamar Jackson was my 4. I think Josh Allen was my 5. And Mason Rudolph was my 6. Uh, so they were my quarterbacks last year. But uh, Josh Rosen I still believe in. I think the change of scenery is going to be great for him. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick is the – I don't want to say the QB 33 of the league because I definitely think he's better – than some teams starting quarterbacks, but he's like that quad A guy when you talk about a baseball prospect that's like really good at AAA but just can never get it going at the pro level. Yep. Ryan Fitzpatrick is the ideal backup quarterback for any team where he can come in and it be more than just that one-week guy. But he's not the guy you want to build your team around. So, uh, you know, because of that and because of what they did, you know, bringing Rosen in, I don't feel comfortable about either of them playing the full season. Uh, whereas if you can guarantee me that, I would love to have both of them mm-hmm. or either of them. You know, uh, It just comes down to playing time. So I don't want to make that investment in somebody I don't think is a lock for 16 games. Uh, outside of that, maybe I'll go the Devontae Parker route again. And it was just because I loved him so much. <laughs> when I a, you know, I'm, fool me 17 times. Shame on me. <laughs> Go ahead and fool me 18 times. I'm going Devontae Parker. That's, that's, yeah. I, I, I bought into him last year. Maybe he'll actually, maybe he'll actually do something this year. Good lord. It, this has got to be the year, right? Maybe. <laughs> well, you said, you said that about John Brown, too, so. Yeah, that's true. He did get you there. With the yeah, but John Brown, John Brown for me is a short, stuffy wide receiver who I can find anywhere. <laughs> Devontae Parker is a sexy, tall receiver who who I feel like could do something. So has so, all the looks and can't provide anything though. You, you know what? But you know how it is from last year. Ryan Fitzpatrick is probably going to be the number one fantasy quarterback the first month of the season. It's true. This is going to be a very bad team, and that's something I've pointed out over the last few episodes and and even through the through the off season is that. The quarterback of this Miami Dolphins team, whether it's Ryan Fitzpatrick or Josh Rosen, is going to have ample opportunities to put points onto the board just because of how bad the team is in general. Like Kansas City was last year for most of the year, the defense couldn't keep teams out of the end zone. Neither will the Miami Dolphins in 2019. So this offense is going to have to do something. There's going to be a lot of opportunity. I mean, it's it's worth grabs late in drafts for some of these positional players. Uh I mean, like what Andy just mentioned with you know, Fitzpatrick and Rosen both, you don't – there's you're almost but all but guaranteed that neither guy is going to play all 16 games. But for me, that seems like a prime candidate as a best ball type of a situation. You know, draft both guys, 
and you're getting the benefit of the production from both players. Don't you? Th- wouldn't you think that that would be kind of a good route to go in best ball formats? Yeah, I, I think there's gonna there could be a lot of pass attempts from those quarterbacks. Now I don't know how great the results are going to be, but you know when you're looking for a quarterback, you're looking for volume. And you know you mentioned the defense; uh, it, they're kind of similar to the Jets in some ways, where they are just lacking that experience. Um, although I mean, I guess you could say Kiko Alonso kind of fits that bill. I mean, I. I I, I I guess you could compare him to a CJ Mosley type, but my point being, you know, they have some some guys they've drafted over the last couple of years that you know just haven't been healthy or haven't had a chance to really gel together yet. But when you look at like Raekwon McMillan holding down the middle, you know, he should be better than what we've seen to this point in his career. You know, Minka Fitzpatrick was what did Saban say he was one of the best players he's ever coached. Uh, you know, TJ McDonald was, you know, an all pro at one point, uh, Rashad Jones kind of in that same range. So, I, I mean, there is some talent on this defense, uh, and, and maybe it was really true what they were saying about how much Gates just lost the locker room and guys just quit on him and stopped playing. You might look at this Miami team and think maybe they're better than, you know, what they've been. One strange thing that just always seems to ring true for the AFC East is they, all seem to always be in it somehow. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, That's it's why strange. I think the Jets are going to have a chance this year. Right. But even despite the records, like even if the Jets are, you know, 4 and 12 and they're playing, you know, they're 4 and 11 and they're playing the Dolphins at the end of the season and the Dolphins are playing for the playoffs, say, or vice versa. It's it's just you never feel good about any game against any of these divisional opponents. Um <laughs> So it's it's just it's it's anybody it's really kind of a you know other than New England it's you know the best of a bad situation who's going to be the best of the seller yeah so kind of jumping into the backfield a little bit here real quick as Kenyon Drake twenty fifth player at the running back position coming off the board currently in ADP. Uh, taking him, taking a risk on him in a contract year as your RB3, uh, either one of you guys? Negative. I never liked him coming out of Alabama, not in the role that, you know, he was forecasted for and projected for. I always thought he was a nice return guy and just that gadget kind of guy. I know he's got the size to make you think he could be an RB1, but I just never thought the skills matched up to, to that, and I thought it was – you know, too much projection uh, and just trying to make something, you know, just trying to make that round peg fit in the square hole or uh, vice versa, however that saying goes. Uh, Kalen Balaj, maybe there's some kind of upside, but really the guy I'm most excited about in this backfield and, again, another rookie, and maybe it's just because, you know, it's the unknown of being a rookie, but Miles Gaskin was just – a force for Washington over his entire career. Uh, just, you know, I know there's a lot of wear on the tires with all the carries he received there, uh, but he's a dynamic rusher and receiver. And I think somebody that in short order could be taking over that backfield because I don't think Balaj or Drake are necessarily built for that role. So I, I think Gaskins is a guy that could surprise. So that, that would be another dynasty target of mine from this AFC East conference. Brand-new coaching staff, chance to kind of everybody take a, take a role and grab it and run with it. I'm, I'm with you there. Gaskins is a guy that you can kind of pull late. 
and easily a target in a dynasty rookie draft for sure. But uh, Nick, your take on the backfield? You know, I, I, Kenyon Drake. If, if I'm getting him as my number three guy, he's a guy that who had over a thousand yards rushing, receiving last year, nine touchdowns, fifty three receptions. That's pretty good numbers. I mean, in this day and age, with with guys who are, are not performing like that, I mean, he's a guy who's been severely underused in that offense there. Uh, Granny's coming into a brand-new offense this year. Could he be somebody that they necessarily target? I don't know, but he only had 120 attempts last year. That's nothing. Uh, you know, over 18 games, that's less than 10 carries a game last year. And, and he played a full 16-game slate. I think he's very underutilized in that offense. He's a guy who I think is going – uh, I'm not sure what his ADP is, but I know I, I did a mock the other day where he, he was slipping down in around four, around five. If I'm going, you know, wide receiver heavy in those in those early to middle rounds, maybe grab a tight end. I, I'm 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 not thrilled with him as my number two, number three running back, but he's a guy who can quietly put up some numbers. Yeah, no, I'm with you there. Do you have any? Uh, do you think that there's a chance that Kalen Balaj can kind of surprise out of this backfield and be that kind of a PPR asset? Uh, that you want to target late in a draft. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I do like Kalen Bellage as well. I think it's going to be one of those things to where, you know, if, if Kenny Drake doesn't do well early on, Kalen Bellage they're going to start trying to get a little bit more of the reins to and, and seeing kind of what he can do. Uh, you know, I, I think Kalen Bellage is one of those guys, you know, the, the hyped-up rookie last year that, you know, everybody was kind of pointing to that he was going to have a really good year, and, and he – Never really did much. I mean, he he got action. He had one touchdown last year. Uh, I, I don't really see him as, as somebody that's going to go take the reins. If anything, he's going to be more of a complimentary guy. I think at best, um, more as somebody that's going to take over. Yeah. And kind of jumping in, a player in the uh, the receiving court, and Andy did mention him as well as the Albert Wilson. That's a guy that I've, I kind of find myself drafting a lot and so far in some of the best ball drafts that I've done. You're talking about a guy last year that played what six and a half games, and I think he finished in a, I think he finished in the top ten in yards yards after reception. So uh, he's a guy that yeah, yeah, you can definitely get him the ball in the open field. He has some elusiveness. He can has a playmaking ability uh, from his time even in Kansas City where he was hyped up and there was a lot of talk about him uh, down in down in Miami. If they can utilize him in this offense and this wide open style play, a lot of three uh, three wide receiver sets. Albert Wilson's a guy I think you can kind of grab later in drafts and then definitely be a nice matchup play for you uh, to plug in in that wide receiver three flex spot throughout the season. I, I think he's, as far as this receiving group, he's the tops on my board out of all options. I don't know how you guys feel. Um, yeah, but some of that is just kind of the potential and the hope. Uh, you know, he's, he's got to come back and prove that, you know, he's, he's 100% healthy. Um, Jakeem Grant could kind of be, you know, just as you can make the argument, just as much upside. Uh, Kenny Stills has just kind of been that stable guy throughout his career, uh, or at least is, you know, looking to be that, but you don't look for him to be any top end thing. That's, that's kind of the problem with this. You know, you're projecting a guy like Albert Wilson to maybe be the guy you're targeting because of the lack of confidence in any of the other available options here. So I, th- I think it's more, uh, you know, addition by subtraction when when you're talking about Albert Wilson here than 
really thinking this is a guy I want, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's it's all for me. It's all ADP dependent, and the value that you can get in some of the, some of the players that are on the board here. You know, Albert Wilson's probably a guy that's going later than any of the other options here, except for Jakeem Grant. Jakeem Grant's basically kind of that late round flyer type if he's drafted at all. Uh, so yeah, give me Albert he Wilson late in the draft. Yeah, I was going to Jakeem Grant's probably depends on how deep your drafts go. I mean, even with the the fishbowl, well, we went uh, what twenty two rounds. Uh, Jakeem Grant was not pulled from anything that I know from what I've seen across the board. And even in our uh, our podcast league, uh, the full-time fantasy podcast league, we've been doing the best ball draft there is 24 rounds deep. I'm not sure if I saw Jakeem Grant pulled in that draft either. So No, and, and he's another guy coming off Achilles. But I, I just meant my point more was, you know, you have all these guys that you look at, you're just looking at, well, okay, what do they got? They got speed, they got quickness. You know, what have they proven? They haven't really proven anything yet. So, okay, who do I think could, could potentially hit and be that guy? Uh, all right, well, I'm tired of buying into Devontae Parker. Uh, I know what Kenny Stills is. All right, who else is left? Uh, all right, Albert Wilson, I'll take that. And that was my only point of mentioning that Jakeem Grant is like, um, you, you know, those are the types of names you're talking about where you're looking at these guys going, okay, he hasn't necessarily done it yet. He hasn't really had an opportunity in the pros yet. So maybe that's a guy I'll go based on the skills, and that's kind of where Albert Wilson is. So, um, you know, right now the latest is that the hip could make him uh, miss the start of training camp. You know, he showed a couple things uh, here and there last year before getting hurt, obviously. But, you know, who knows? It, it, and that's why you're targeting an Albert Wilson because who knows? Whereas you feel, I know what's going to happen with the other guys. Yeah, I agree. So as a whole, we're saying steer clear from the Miami Dolphins in fantasy drafts is what I'm the kind of the message yeah. I feel that we're conveying here. Uh, yeah, any parting shots? Any last bits of information we want to throw out about the Miami Dolphins here? Not from me. All right, Nick. <laughs> I, I think we've literally covered all we can go we can do with this team. Yeah, I agree. Uh, well, that's kind of wrapping things up there. Andy, uh, you want to kind of throw out and plug anything that you need to plug before we let you go off the show here? Yeah, there's literally just way too much. As I yes. mentioned, uh, you know, Draft with Giants. I got to expand the box score, relaunching. It's a great website as well, too. I want to point that yeah. out. August 1st, we got college football. We got NFL. We got Major League Baseball, MILB. College basketball, NBA, uh, when it's all said and done, we're, we're revamping. Uh, basically, we went live in December to be uh, there for the NFL draft purposes. Uh, we offer advanced college stats uh, so you can get targets and red zone data and uh, just uh, anything you can think of. Uh, we have every college touch documented. Um, so we did go live in December, but it, it almost felt like we were serving lobster on paper plates. Uh, so we're revamping and enhancing the look and feel of the whole site to bring it more modern and, and make it worthy of the stats we're offering. And then, like I mentioned, we're expanding on our uh, offering. So uh, definitely go take a look at that. Ex- expand the box score. Um, yeah, guest spots like this, uh, Fantasy Pros uh, ranker, you know, finished fourth overall in the fishbowl last year, trying to take the whole thing down. Baseball, football, you name it, I'm doing it. Podcasts, articles, Patreon. Uh, just follow me on Twitter. It's literally the easiest way. At People's Pen. Yeah. <laughs> At People's there's, Pen. Yeah, there's not something that I'm going to do that I'm not going to tweet that I did. So uh, your best bet is to just find me on Twitter. There you go, man. And 
I definitely appreciate it. Uh, me and Nick as well. Thanks for coming on the show. Uh, anytime, anytime you want to come back on, we are more than glad to have you on the show. I'll be happy to do that, and I uh, appreciate you guys having me tonight. And I hope I gave you, you and your listeners enough and more than they can stomach on the AFC East. Is this going to be a, a four-part series, or is this all going to be one shot? Uh, no, this is a, we're one shot on this uh, AFC East here. We're going to do each division a we? week until until the uh, the start of the NFL season. All right. Well, if you're listening to this in its entirety, uh, when you when you go thank you, and when you go back to listen again, you can play it on uh, probably double speed. There you but go, double speed. Now you know that trick for next time. There you go, man. I appreciate it, Andy. No problem, guys. Take it easy. I appreciate it. And uh, if you need anything from me, don't hesitate to ask, man. Will do, man. All right, you too. Take it easy. Good night. All right, and finishing up this boat, man, that was a great, uh, great little spot from Andy Singleton coming on the show. Uh, yeah, we have gone a little bit long on this podcast tonight, like he did mention, uh, kind of long-winded on a lot of the topics that we've talked about, but I think we've covered a lot of vital information for the AFC East this week. Uh, Nick, is there any uh, any other final bits of information that you're wanting to add to to our podcast this week man you know just just thinking about the the east here i think this is one of the more more overlooked underrated in, in terms of, of of depth of guys that are out there so you know i i would definitely encourage folks that while it looks like it's going to be a really crappy division at least in terms of fantasy prospects Maybe it's something that you go to in terms of your depth guys to be able to go out there and maybe find, uh, you know, a diamond in the rough that's going to help you out uh, and help you win a title this year. There you go. Oh, and that'll, that's, that's what we're trying to do here is kind of find those diamonds in the rough to help you pull in drafts to help you win a championship in 2019. Uh, but uh, as for me, getting – Getting kind of things ready to go. Uh, next week we're probably going to do, I believe, the AFC South is who I'm going to cover next week. Uh, so be on uh, be on the lookout for that. We'll be recording that here in the next few days. Uh, of course, uh, all my work on rotoballer.com. Can't thank Full-Time Fantasy Podcast Network enough for having us on. Uh, of course, FanDuel, the sponsor for the show as well. Woo Fantasy promo code to get you the extra cash to get you started for the fantasy football season. Cash, cash, definitely. If you, I mean, if you've not, if you've not jumped on FanDuel yet before, definitely do so and use our promo code for some free money. We cannot, it, we can't push that on you enough. But any other than that, we're wrapping things up for the week. Nick, where can they find you on Twitter? Hey, you can find me at the Real FF Goat. Real FF Goat on Twitter. Of course, the show's podcast page is Woo underscore Fantasy. Myself, I am the Roto Superstar on Twitter. On um, be on the lookout. Any bit of information that we're putting out is going to be across all three of those Twitter handles. So definitely follow us, check us out there, and then be on the lookout here in the next few days for any vital information we put out on the listener leagues. Be one of the first people to sign up for these leagues because it's going to be kind of a hot ticket in a highly competitive situation. I cannot press that on you enough. Be ready to sign up for those as well. But until then, till next week, or until the next show, AFC South football, 
we will talk to you later on another episode of Woo! 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 Woo!